Welcome to Asura Illusions. We are continuing our holiday coverage, and we are almost certainly completing it, too. We're getting a little bit close to the big day, and, uh, you know, I told myself at the beginning uh, last week that if we could do three holiday episodes, that would be good. This is our fifth, and this is also going to be a lot more of a personal episode than usually with holiday coverage we we tend to do things more from an analytical perspective this is going to intertwine my own personal life with the material so maybe it's not for everybody if you don't want to hear about my breakup last year maybe skip this one go back to the we have such a lovely library of the Rankin Bass cinematic universe and we will next year I'm making a commitment now Next year, we will finish up. We'll cover all the ones that we haven't, maybe even some of the animated ones. A Charlie Brown Christmas will always have a uh, unique place in my holiday lore for the rest of my life. And it was unexpected. I had no idea. <laughs> and in a lot of timelines, it could have been kind of tragic and upsetting, and I could have cried and a lot of things. But uh, so on December 21st last year, after we had wrapped up, I think we did eight holiday episodes last year, including a bunch that my ex had appeared on. It was December 21st, it was around 9 o'clock, and we sat down to watch something quick and festive before she was going to pack, and we were going to go on a plane, vroom vroom, to Connecticut. I just made a car sound, whoosh whoosh, there we go. <laughs> Trying to lighten the mood, tragedy is coming. <laughs> we all know the story. I do, at least. I said it in the, I think our first episode this year, Breakups in February, I probably alluded that we had been watching this. But, uh, watched Charlie Brown Christmas, and we finished up. She was gonna pack, and then we were gonna watch, uh, another Christmas classic, uh, Mr. Hanky, The Christmas Pooh. Uh, we're gonna watch that after. I'm not, not doing a podcast on that one, uh. We, we ended up not watching it because it's weird. You're packing your bag. You could finish packing. You could get on a flight in like eight hours and go to Connecticut. You could finish packing and watch Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Or you could stop all that, look at a nearly four-year relationship and say, Hey, it is uh, less than four full days till Christmas. It's it's really at that point uh, three and, and uh, like three and a, not even a quarter, less than that. And say, hey, I'm done. I'm breaking up with you. It's all very sudden. Spirit of Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas, Charlie Brownie and Thomas Malone. Like, <laughs> We watched Charlie Brown Christmas before one of the most traumatic nights of my entire life. I had, it was the same. It was that night. It kicked things off. Honestly, I have never in my life felt that bad I had never been in a four-year relationship before so obviously I had no frame of reference for the you know I'm the number one Thomas Tank Engine member in the world this makes some sense literally it felt like it had I can't imagine being hit by a train and having it feel worse than that mostly because if it did feel worse I'd be dead but when it, there's an emotional shock uh <laughs> It doesn't kill you, you just, you, you think it did. And, uh, not to wallow in the misery of such a, a, a breakup, but that's kind of the point, because at, at a certain point in your life, 
there comes the time when you have to acknowledge, hey, I felt December 22nd, I was just numb, and I could I could barely move. I could barely stand up. I couldn't eat anything. Uh, it was pain on a level, uh, and it didn't even feel like like real pain. Like it, it's not like anything hurt necessarily. It just it, it felt like everything, every part of me was gone. And I I'm not even I'm not even trying to frame all of this as like oh I'm a victim. This horrible thing. How could somebody do that to me? I don't say it with like blame or or anger or malice or anything. We had had some, you know. You say like we we'd had kind of a rough fall, but I mean, you go back and we there was a lot of affection in Christmas episodes that were recorded a week before the breakup. It's been actually weird this year to go back and listen to some of those episodes and fuck. <laughs> it was. You know, situations like this, you're, you're never quite sure. Two things can be true at the same time that seemingly contradict each other and don't make a ton of sense. Something can be a complete bombshell that takes you totally by surprise. And something that deep down you, you kind of knew was coming. Those can be true at the same time. It can be a total bombshell and something that did not come out of nowhere. And for Charlie, uh, for Charlie Brown Christmas, it was kind of caught in the middle of all of that. You have a special, which is as close to perfect as a Christmas special can come. And and, and uh, like, this premiered in 1965. It was the first Peanuts special, uh, first Peanuts television special of them all. And it doesn't that that fact can take some people by surprise. And it, it's it, it, in a lot of ways it takes me by surprise too because it's such a it's such a perfect execution. Every single scene is perfect in the tone, and the way that they kind of capture this feeling of Christmas, or more specifically, the feeling of it not feeling like Christmas, and you feel like you're crazy for kind of wondering, "Hey, happiest, most magical, wonderful time of the year. Why am I not happy?" 1965. First peanut special, they fucking just go straight for the jugular and the heart of humanity. And they smashed it out of the park. Charlie Brown's not supposed to be a good baseball player. That's a home run if I've ever seen one. A lot of our Christmas coverage centers on the ways that Christmas specials kind of bend over backwards to pad out their run times to try and search every nook and cranny looking for something that speaks to the spirit of Christmas. And it's a kind of longing that I think a lot of us can relate to. Like, just think about think about this this just existential question for a second and what it means. And and don't let your mind instantly settle on an answer because it's 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 hard and you're you're not gonna like or you're not gonna be pleased with anything that just immediately comes to mind. What is Christmas? What is the spirit of Christmas? What does that mean? So reflexively, you may your mind may be going to the things that Christmas is not. It's not supposed to be about commercialism. And it, it, in a lot of ways, the spirit of Christmas is the rejection of the commercialism, which is certainly something that this special centers its entire narrative on. And maybe that's not wrong, but it's also helpful to not... You don't want to define something by saying what it isn't. 
You can't say the spirit of Christmas is the rejection of commercialism. That's just a vacuum. You can't say Christmas is not about giving presents. No, tell us what Christmas is about. And you know what it also isn't about? A lot of people, I suspect most people who, mostly people who would not listen to this show, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know what, It's Christmas is really not about Jesus. You could say, well, it's, it's his holiday. We took it from the winter solstice. The Christians just wanted something to put at Christmas. People had winter solstice. If Christmas was in March, December still would have some kind of holiday. And we would be wondering about the spirit of the winter solstice. And look, I, I'm not rejecting. I'm not rejecting Jesus as uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to remove him completely as an atheist from the holiday. However, as somebody who grew up, most of my education was in Catholic schools. I, I've been to church many thousands and thousands of times. Even then, back then, you could tell. You know, we call it, there's a term for it: twice a year Catholics, people who show up for church on Christmas and Easter. So Christmas, even for people who go to church, is not really necessarily about Jesus. And this special, it actually kind of proves that point in a weird way without, I, I'm a positive it wasn't trying to. But one kind of beauty of a Charlie Brown Christmas, we, we've seen it, we've talked a little bit about it in Rankin Bass at a couple times, particularly First Christmas Story of the First Christmas Snow. Boy, what a mouthful. N and Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. A lot of these specials have a complicated relationship to Jesus because, hey, he's supposed to be the reason for the season, and yet we all know that's not really the case. And most of these specials don't want to appear overtly religious, and the ones that do, like Little Drummer Boy, which is actually one of the better ones, they get kind of cast aside because they're they're too religious. And I'm not, like, afraid of—I of, of I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid of religious material. Godspell is one of my all-time— favorite actually it, it honestly is probably my all-time favorite musical i know all the words uh, all the songs and i love it um it's a great story and there's nothing wrong with having people like linus in our lives who take that moment where linus does the enunciation of the shepherds and the special almost steps out of itself it, it in a lot of ways kind of breaks the fourth wall without really doing that and it's very powerful and you know i'm gonna recite it because i want to <laughs> Even I, the non-believer, can see the beauty. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord showed round upon them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All right, so, like, was obviously not as good as Linus, but. And, like, it's not even the kind of. <laughs> when people kind of talk wishy-washy about religion, there's this sort of uh, knee-jerk reaction, and a lot of us, myself included, just tune them out and not give a shit. And, uh, 
you know, I'm an atheist. I'm not a believer. I try to be a good person. I like to think that, let's just say I'm wrong. I, you always have to consider the idea that you could be wrong. But that's not really a great reason to believe in the first place. But let's say I'm wrong. I do a lot of good deeds and uh, be a good person. Not really much of an asshole. You get up to heaven. They're uh, charting all your sins. And they say, you know, you were going to get in, but you didn't believe in God. So now you have to go to hell. I would say, you know what? Fair enough. If 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 <laughs> blind faith is what kills me, guess what? I I, I just I, I don't have it in me. I, I take a look at the world. I take a look at specifically how religious institutions tend to treat LGBTQ people, and I say I don't like that. I don't want to be a part of that, and I don't care. And I haven't seen a lot of great evidence that there's a guy above. And if you believe, you know what? Keep the faith, but uh, you have to be a good person now, and you have to act in a way that. Uh, Covers your bases whether or not there's some guy in the sky watching you because we could be wrong. And I, I think that you have to live your life being okay with the fact that, you know, this story from 2,000 years ago, it's got a lot of plot holes. And uh, that doesn't mean there's not beauty in it. And actually, I, I've managed to... I, <laughs> without any uh, religious people would probably still be listening after I took very mild, muted shots, but... What this, what this passage and the reason that I wanted to recite Lin, uh, Linus's speech is not because it has religious undertones, but it kind of it, it it reaches it explains what Christmas is about, and it's kind of an odd it explains the odd paradox of what does it mean to feel like Christmas? Because Christmas is really at its heart not not an embrace of the present, but hope for the future. Tomorrow's gonna be better, and yet we have this holiday, this twenty five days that are building toward a day. And it seems like kind of a cop-out that we get to the day, and what are we feeling? The spirit, you know, the birth of Christ, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to all be saved later on. So we strip the religious element of that and, and just take it down to w w what is Linus trying to convey? That tomorrow's going to be good. He doesn't say a lot. It's actually very handy for religion to not say, hey, actually, we're all saved today, because why would you want to come into the pew the next week? But the spirit of Christmas is really the joy that we can feel toward the future. And maybe that's why Charlie Brown was so so kind of not feeling the moment or why so many of us occasionally don't feel like it's the spirit of Christmas. Charlie Brown spends so much of the special wondering why he's seemingly the only person who's not happy right then. And we, the audience, you know, 60, uh, like 50, 58 years, 58 years later, long time. A lot of us can relate to that. My mother and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. Uh, yeah, my relationship to like engaging with Christmas, so I'm 31. I have a sister who is five days away from being a full 10 years younger than me, so she's 21. Uh, Bibble, she's been on the show. Oh, We talked about having her. She usually comes on for a Christmas episode, finals. She's a senior in college. Guess what? As a great older sister, I was not going to say, hey, you know, t be sure to take time from your finals. You've got to uh, do our Christmas episode. No. No no pressure on that front. Uh, but we're going to have her back at some point for probably a uh, Downton Abbey episode if we're not doing. We've talked about that. Uh, me and her, at least, not on the show. <laughs> um, but long story short, I got a lot of extra years in terms of seeing Christmas through the eyes of a child, which is kind of, I guess how most of us would associate kind of the joys of Christmas, seeing a kid who 
believes in the magic, and we all need to believe. I I believe in the magic too, but it's great to see it through somebody young and all excited and doesn't have all of the years of, you know. There's nothing that freezes your heart like years of being alone. Muppet Christmas Girl, which every Christmas Eve my sister and I watch. It's a one of the the best traditions in my opinion, and. Definitely the one you have to watch on Christmas Eve because Christmas Carol takes place on Christmas Eve. Dickens, hard to beat. But I think we get caught up in, like, maybe not feeling the spirit of Christmas because there's a hope for tomorrow and, and we got to live the rest of the year. Nobody's like, shit, it's March. I'm feeling down. I guess I, you know, we don't get angry at Christmas. We don't say, you know, that Christmas spirit didn't last me the full year. I'm not feeling hopeful. Jesus, Christmas was supposed to solve this. Why didn't it? It's June. My Christmas meter has run empty. I have no hope. And then December rolls around. I've been going without Christmas for a long time. Shit. It didn't work that well the last time. It's already back. I don't know what to do. I'm not feeling the Christmas spirit. And furthermore, I feel bad because I look around and I feel like everybody else sees it but me. What the hell is wrong with me? I kind of struggle with a lot of holidays, specifically the obligatory feeling to feel certain things. Because when you strip down a year, holidays take up a lot of that. Like, if you didn't think it was that long ago that there was a Christmas, that it was last Christmas, guess what? It wasn't. Our emotions don't always catch up with time. And our emotions can't be easily programmed. Like, shit, we have to get into the Christmas spirit. And what does that even mean? We spent a lot of time on this show, maybe too much time even, covering the Rankin Bass <laughs> catalog. I mean, is Christmas these old, like, 60-year-old stop-motion animations things that, you know, once we, I, I guess we as a nation decided in the mid-20th century that these would be Christmas for every generation to come? Leaving us with shit like Rudolph where we look at the bullying and are like, you know, we don't really want this to represent us anymore. Well, too bad. It's a classic. And Charlie Brown Christmas is the rare special that really earns its legendary status. You know, Rudolph has some iconic characters, but its narrative has aged very poorly. Charlie Brown Christmas has such a bare-bone narrative. It, it, it hits the drum of Charlie Brown is not really feeling Christmas again and again through, you know, Sally and her letter, which... I guess a lot of us would say is selfish. It doesn't really feel that selfish. She's buying into the system. She's a young kid being told, hey, you have to be you have to be nice. Santa's watching. You can't be naughty. She's done that. She wants a reward. And she's actually trying to make it easier for him. And, it, you know, if it's too hard, just give her money. That's Christmas. And at the Christmas play, you know, Charlie Brown's getting annoyed that everybody's fucking around. But they're fucking around together. Caring too much about wanting to be, like, the center of attention, the pageantry. I mean, what's a Christmas Eve mass without your leaving and, and some of the families whose kids got shitty parts saying, well, my kid would have been a great good innkeeper. My kid would have been a great Mary. Just screwed with an angel. Had to wear socks as a sheep walking around across the church. I mean, I've, I've literally heard shit like that, so it, it could sound unrealistic. Nope. And Charlie Brown gets the tree, and the tree sucks. But in a lot of ways, it, it, it kind of encapsulates the spirit of Christmas. Not that Christmas sucks, but... The reality of life as we know it will never be as good as the dream of Christmas. The dream of Christmas that anything was possible. You could get anything that a jolly old man climbs under a chimney and leaves gifts. Christmas will never feel as good as it did when we were five. Even, even the ability to relive 
that experience vicariously through a different five-year-old child that will not supersede all those warm and fuzzy feelings that we felt when we were children. Honestly, we peaked. Christmas peaks when we're very young. We say that Christmas is about the joy of giving, which it really is. But a lot of that is just that giving feels a lot better than trying to recreate the reality of being the five-year-old who walks down the stairs and sees all that shit under the tree and just wondering, this is magic in the air. You can't be the receiver of that forever. So it feels better as you get older to not try to recreate that. That would be so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> but but to, to flip the script and, and be the one that got to put that smile on somebody else's face when you give them a really thoughtful gift or you take a moment. You're sitting in front of the fire with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or Irish whiskey, <laughs> Irish coffee, if that's your thing. <laughs> and... You smile because everything's right with the world. Just for that moment. That quiet, that absence of chaos, that's uh, <laughs> it's a chaotic feeling walking down the stairs as a five-year-old and seeing everything. I remember my parents went all out, and they went all out for my sister too, and I, I, I have all those memories, and it's really beautiful. But likewise, I mean, the funny thing about Christmas is... The Christmas Day itself is never as fun as Christmas Eve or Festivus the day before. It's all this build-up and the anticipation. And with anticipation, enjoyment comes release. And then what's after release? Obviously, you feel a little flat. But each year can begin anew. That's kind of like, to go back to Linus, the hope for the future. You can harness that, too. You can kind of build in anticipation for everything else. It's just it's hard when January doesn't have a 25 days of January you know, we're not all collectively building toward that. We all kind of go our separate ways on our own individual... I was about to say on our own individual journeys of self-discovery, but a lot of people don't even want that, and that's certainly okay. And to loop things back to my breakup, so for a couple days afterward, it's kind of a... I, I have a very... This should not come as a surprise to anybody who listens to Sword of Illusions. I have an intense uh, sense of gallows humor. I was making jokes about my breakup, Literally, like, two days later. And it, it was raw, and it felt horrible. Uh, not making jokes. Making jokes felt a little better. I mean, I... <laughs> part of it was it was kind of time-sensitive. So on December 24th for... Not last year, but the three years before that, disgraced Hollywood actor Kevin Spacey, big creep, tried to come out as being... Uh, tried to come out as gay to deflect from uh, pedophilia or sexual abuse charges. And... Uh, he would release a Christmas Eve video. It was the only time we'd ever hear from him all year was Christmas Eve, and he'd release... The first two were him basically parroting uh, Frank Underwood from House of Cards, and then the next one was a little... During uh, the first COVID Christmas was more mundane. I guess he was outside. Well, we didn't get one last Christmas. And I was like, you know what? My partner of four years just broke up with me. I think what's worse is that I didn't get a Kevin Spacey video. <laughs> that hurt worse. And that was a joke, obviously. But for me, at least, also, it was a sign that, you know, I'm able to joke about this. It just happened. I couldn't let the joke... I would have spent the whole year regretful that I didn't make that joke. It was very funny. And maybe maybe in a weird way, my... <laughs> I was going to say my semi-serious uh, regret that we didn't get a Kevin Spacey video 
It wasn't semi-serious. I was pissed. I mean, that was becoming a great, weird... You see it on Twitter. Kevin Spacey was trending. A couple publications. Why do people expect to hear from Kevin Spacey? <laughs> I mean, what what the fuck? He just inserted himself into Christmas Eve just because he could. I don't know. I thought it was funny. And after that, jokes became, you know, that, that my breakup ruined Charlie Brown Christmas. And I kind of thought it had. How... How do you sit down and watch something that carries a traumatizing, such traumatizing connotations to it? It would, for a lot of people, it would be ruined. I can think of songs that I've stopped listening to because I was listening to them when I foolishly professed my feelings to somebody that was a total shot in the dark and maybe there was alcohol involved and way back when. Uh, and I can't listen to the songs I think of them. Uh, but Charlie Brown Christmas, which, I mean, that... What I just described to you is stupid. Charlie Brown Christmas being ruined because I had a traumatic, mil- like, late evening breakup before a flight. Like, your whole world, literally, like, a bomb went off in my entire world. If I hated Charlie Brown Christmas because of that, hey, that's kind of a reasonable, that's, that's kind of a reasonable thing to happen. But I'll tell you what. A couple days after... Like I, was, I, I kept regretting, you know, why didn't this happen during a Christmas special that I didn't like? My ex really loved Barbie and the Nutcracker. If she had broken up with me after Barbie and the Nutcracker, I wouldn't care because I'll never watch that again anyway. But I, I was faced with losing a top-tier special, a top-tier, maybe the top-tier next to Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the great, or Year Without a Santa Claus, like an Ian Thomas Malone top-tier Christmas special, and I was going to, have that taken from me. And I was about to say by forces outside of my control, but here's the thing. I didn't let that. I didn't I didn't chalk that up to forces beyond my control. I looked at it. I looked at the world and the way that fate had delivered me this blow that was shitty and I was pissed off about it and I was hurt. And I said, you know what? Charlie Brown Christmas will not be ruined. I willed that. I, I, I decided, you know what? This thing that we could all say is out of my control, guess what? It's not. I have reclaimed it. I'm going to reclaim it. I hadn't actually reclaimed it at that point. I had to watch it again. It would be kind of weird to do that on, like, December 26th, 27th. But I said, you know what? Next year, I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to watch it the year after that. And I'm going to watch it the year after that. And I'm never going to stop watching it each Christmas. It will continue to be a tradition. And obviously I'll think of my ex and I'll think of that night for a little bit. But I'm going to enjoy this thing that brought me joy. And if I associate it with some heartache along the way, I'm human. We accumulate baggage each step we take through the journey of life. And we can't let that sully the past moments. I mean... A lot of this philosophy is uh, directly linked to how I think about breakups. I've slept with a lot of people this year, and I don't say that in a braggadocious way, but in a past tense way. People I've shared intimacy with that had great, great, achieved great moments of individual bliss and happiness and uh, all the other things you could think about. And then, you know, I'm not dating. I'm not dating. I was about to say the number. I'm not dating dozens of people. I'm not dating anyone. All of those uh, 
feelings. I mean, you, I could, I could booty call a, a bunch of them, and maybe some would show up. Hopefully not at the same time. But uh, those are fleeting moments that that now exist mostly in memory, and I could be sad about that, or I could be really thankful that I got to have those experiences. And I think that I go out of my way in a lot of uh, encounters with people to make sure that uh, if a romantic relationship is 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 heading south and is the end is nigh, you don't fight and make somebody feel bad and and, and try to, you know, if somebody doesn't want to be with you, you don't you don't. They say you know fight for them, fight for them. There's so much grace in uh, laying it down and saying you know I, I I accept that and I respect you and I had a great time with you and I'm I'm really grateful that we got to have this experience together. I, I've had I've had ways where I tried to do that and it was spit back in my face and it, another person wanted to fight and that doesn't feel good. It feels really good and people get taken by surprise, you know. Because not a, a lot of the stuff is kind of messy and, you know, ghosting. I mean, our last relationship episode was about ghosting, and I like I like ghosting because uh, it's kind of a clean breakup or a clean break, not a breakup, you know, in a relationship. But you have to accept these bad uh, or not-so-fun elements as the cost of, of getting to actually play the game in the first place. To, you, you, don't, you don't feel low about this kind of stuff unless... You had great highs as well. There has to be a rise or there's not going to be a fall. Traditions are kind of ways to honor our past in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, we, we make something into a tradition for a reason. There was this point in life where something was so good that we decided we're going to do it each year and not each subsequent year is going to be as 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 great as it was the first time maybe none of them will be but the idea that maybe it might is kind of why we celebrate and why we we partake in tradition and charlie brown christmas is is such like a beautiful way of encapsulating the conflicting spirit of christmas that that we can't all feel at all times it can't be everything everywhere all at once for us Sometimes in the month, especially the month of December, it gets dark. I, I've been like the darkness of, of you, you know, it's like dark at four o'clock. Well, it's really dark at like four forty-five here, and and I'm in Southern California, so we're supposed to be dealing with it better than most people. And even I'm, I've been struggling a little bit with it, and I know a lot of other people have too. It's okay to feel sad in December, and likewise, it's okay to have some sad memories associated with traditions that you love. And you can still, you can you can love them. And if you don't think that you can love them, you can choose maybe not to force yourself to love something again, but take the step toward maybe, I, I, I mean, I had no idea. I sat down last night to watch this, knowing I was going to make an episode about it. And maybe the episode was going to have like this dark turn. If, if I couldn't just will my own happiness onto it. But I was holding some stuffed animals, uh, including a couple that had sentimental uh, value toward my toward my relationship. And I watched it, and I appreciated the craftsmanship of Charlie Brown Christmas and how beautiful it felt at all the various moments. I mean, the special is just so perfect. And uh, I did feel a little sad at, at times, and I remembered kind of the year I've had. And... Uh, <laughs> 
A lot of good. A lot, a lot of good. Uh, but also, you know, it's, it's emotionally tumultuous, as I've cataloged at times on this show and on my page and elsewhere in social media and whatever, the world of the ITM content world. But I needed Charlie Brown Christmas to be something different now because its relationship to me has changed. I'll always think about that. But in a lot of ways, too, I'm very grateful to Charlie Brown Christmas because I, I actually did use it to embody the message that Linus was essentially trying to talk about at the end. I I knew that a four-year breakup was going to carry some, some dark days on the road to healing. And I made a commitment to myself very early on that I was going to be somebody who didn't hide from the world as a result of what had happened. I was going to go out. COVID restrictions were just being lifted. I mean, it's been a very busy year. We were kind of still basically locked down at that point. I mean, the, the Delta wave was going around and everything. But I said, you know, it's going to hurt at times. And, and you're not always going to want to... You're, you're, always, you're not always going to feel it 100%. But hot damn, you know, you've come too far to curl up in a ball. Go out and see the world. And I did that. And I've been very melancholic lately. Christmas can probably kind of bring this spirit to light for a lot of people. You look back on your year, and it's very easy to get caught up in what you didn't do or the ways in which your life didn't move forward in the way that you wanted to. And all of us, we've all got a lot of that shit on our plate. If you don't have that shit on your plate, <laughs> sincerely, I mean this. Congratulations. I doubt you're somebody who listens to my show, but... You had a perfect year. Nothing went wrong. Nothing but amazingness. Great. If that's true, then this then this half hour you spent listening to this podcast is probably one of the worst things happening this year. So I'm simultaneously I'm sorry, and also you're welcome. Uh, funny how that works. Nothing ever happens in our lives that we can't step in and uh, take control. We're never truly helpless. And it feels dumb to use a uh, cartoon from a children's cartoon from 1965 to say, "Hey, my great year started late in 2021 when I decided that I was not going to sacrifice this special to the shittiness that happened mere minutes after it ended, or really like probably 15 minutes after it ended. My life as I knew it for all of those years." For the vast majority of my medical transition, for nearly four years of my life, ended. That chapter ended mere minutes after I watched this. And I could have let it be caught up in that crossfire hurricane. I could have just been like, I never want to see that again. Associated with bad memories. Or I could stare at the bad memories and say, hey. Yeah, I'm never going to be able to forget this. But at the same time, give me back my special. I'm gonna. I'm my my rebuild will start with the reclamation of a Charlie Brown Christmas. I will be a better person tomorrow by today, taking my children's cartoon and saying, "I will continue to enjoy this. This pain will uh, fill me up and consume me for a little bit, and at a certain point, I will say, get the fuck out.' I'm gonna enjoy the dancing in Charlie Brown Christmas. Dun, 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 dun. It's so perfect." It's too perfect to let that go. 
And as we start to wrap up an episode about a special where we didn't really talk that much about the special, but we talked about what the special makes us feel. That's kind of the point. I mean, what is Christmas? Is Christmas making gingerbread cookies and drinking eggnog and watching It's a Wonderful Life? That seems like kind of shallow, and yet it, it, it's the... <laughs> It's the spirit of the magic that is invoked just through the process. You know, what is life? Life is living. Life is life is stepping outside and being part of the outside world or wanting to be part of the outside world. And also kind of being okay with what your inside world is doing. And if not okay with what your inside is, is doing or feeling, a desire that, that maybe tomorrow or the next day you could be okay with that. It's the hope for a better tomorrow. And that sounds wishy-washy, but you can't you can't think about what Christmas means and arrive at any this is how to do Christmas. It's about celebrating the past and looking forward to the future. I mean, kind of the basis inclination of what Christmas is, you know, time with loved ones or family. That can be a very complicated notion for a lot of people. And uh, I say this as someone from a very small family. I mean, it's not like Christmas is any different. I mean, I go home. I so I live on the opposite coast. So I, like you know, you go see my parents, my sister, my grandfather. Yeah, that's special. But really, it's just you know honoring the past and looking forward to the future, and also just just being happy in the present. And if you feel like you're Charlie Brown and you're looking around, why am I the only one who doesn't enjoy Christmas or isn't feeling the spirit? There's really nothing else you can do except give yourself over to the small mechanism of, of this month that makes you like feel joy and grab hold of that and uh, and hang on and, and <laughs> keep it with you until the time comes when I mean, maybe you'll always need it, but I feel like the the you when I when I took the idea that I was going to reclaim Charlie Brown and kind of use that as a rallying cry, there did come a day when I I wasn't waking up each morning thinking about how that this year one day this year did, but kind of just become normal and not the new normal. It was just normal. So I look to Charlie Brown Christmas and I say, you know what? I could have lost you. But I said I said I wasn't gonna do that. And I I I bought into Christmas and Christmas bought into me. I that's gotta be the note that we have to end on. So Alright guys, uh this is almost certainly our final episode of the year. It's been a weird year for the podcast. Long time listeners, uh I mean, yeah, I got a lot of other stuff going on, and I, I still like coming to this space. It's probably a space where, it, especially, you know, you feel really exposed online about six, probably this, this week, uh, close to a million people will have engaged, like, hit the like button or commented. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come very close to a million post interactions in a single week. That That's exposure... Certainly more exposure than we have 40 minutes into a Charlie Brown episode of... Uh, I mean, this podcast gets... It's weird. It, it's still something that I have to kind of come to terms with because mo- most of my most of my creative output is very centered on my own person... Just my own personal feelings. I, I, I like to share... I, I don't really like to keep secrets, and I, I 
have covered a lot of episodes. We've done a lot of stuff that is just kind of peeling back the layers and me just trying to show the world who I really am. And I don't know. We don't we don't podcast as much as we used to. And I, if I wanted to change that, I could change it. We could do more episodes. I have a lot of other interests, but I, I like to come to the space and talk about my life and myself in a way that I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hopefully, there's been something in this episode you can uh, take for yourself and. Self empowerment's not easy. It's it's very hard. I, I I would be lying if I said that right now. Like, oh, my life is just perfect. Great. No, my life is pretty much a fucking mess, <laughs> and I've been kind of down in the dumps all the time. Uh, so <laughs> I say all that. I had a hell of a year. This was probably the best year of my life, and it was still very chaotic. And I'm drained and everything. Uh, that's life. That's 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 the beauty. That's the beauty of being alive and also the you know, the shit that comes with it. But on that note, such gratitude for the people uh who stick with the show. I we chart almost every week and mostly on the strength of the back catalog and it's so bizarre, but uh it means the world to me. It really does and just to be able to talk to you in a way that is cathartic for me and I don't know, I like being real. <laughs> I appreciate all of the success that uh, I've seen in the online space. Maybe, hopefully, it could translate into real, more professional opportunities. But for now, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> Having a good time. <laughs> so uh, I hope everybody enjoys their holidays. And uh, I will be away. We we almost certainly it probably won't have an episode until late January, if that. Uh, we'll see. Podcast. <laughs> we don't really follow much of a schedule. On that note, okay. Thank you so much, everybody, and we will see you next time.